first and foremost, I think there have been relatively lack of commitment among the political elites that are driving the African regional agenda, which is slightly different from regionalism that we have in Europe, for example, where you have the technocrats, the civil society organization and private sector driving the integration process in a way. One of the constraints has been lack of this political will, then too, because the state itself in Africa has been part of the problems, and the political elites in these days have been the people championing the cause and the direction of the African Union. So it has been very difficult for the AU to actually intervene the way that a regional or supranational organization would have loved to do. There's also this struggle between the what we call the R2P, the responsibility to intervene when human lives are in jeopardy. But there is still this understanding in Africa that the sovereignty of the members must be respected and many of the leaders of this state even causing the conflict are part of the actors within the AU that will sit and meet and so there's all kinds of complications. We also need to be mindful of the rapidity of conflict, the resurgence of maybe military coup for instance it is actually happening at a faster pace than the structures within the AU. The African standby force also have been particularly weak. Let's take Ethiopia Tigray conflict as more example of the conflicts happening around Africa. What would you say about the AU's role? The AU have been particularly passive. Maybe they are passive because of the individual, the actor involved because of his personality within the AU. Or maybe they are passive because they are very close to the crisis zone. Or the expectation is just that since we have a standby for this is not about supporting a, a faction, it's just to make sure that there are humanitarian assistance. But the AU sectariat itself is just about 1,000, less than 1,200 kilometers to the conflict zone. If the AU standby force or whatever peace architecture, even like the early warning system or the Council of the Wise, could not stop the conflict in Ethiopia, how can they stop conflict in South Sudan? How can they stop conflict in uh, Somalia? So that's really a, what we call a blemish on the part of the AU. There are those who give the African Union high marks. For example, they say, well, the African Union is there and is bringing about a more united Africa, also democracy. Yeah, one thing we can really commend the AU for is to roll out a very stimulating programs targets agenda like the 2063. But despite the optimism that surrounds it, but there is also this pessimism that the AU might not be able to even drive their member states to achieve this agenda. For instance, if you talk of uh, their the, the ability to promote democracy, then the question is what kind of democracy is being promoted in Africa? It's actually elitist democracy, elitist form of democracy. It's not really a representative form of democracy. How can can there be democracy where people even within Africa are hostile to one another? How can there be governance when the locals in the state are revolting against foreigners that came from the same African state? Thank you so much, Professor. It's a pleasure. Thank you.